motion pictures, films, movies, cinema. It goes by many names, but what it is never changes. The moments, the memories, the feelings, all working together in a symphony of beauty, tragedy, and style, never duplicated, but often replicated. If you are interested, if you have an idea, if you yearn to know more, look no further. Welcome to The Sled. What's up, guys? We are back with another episode of The Sled. I am Marciano Zapian. I'm Michael Luciano. I'm Titus Wilkinson. And we are back to discuss the ever-awaited Lahine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the elephant in the room that when I suggested that uh, that be the next watch. So let's get into it. I mean... What 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 did you guys feel from it? Like, what was the primary feeling that you got from just on first watch? I loved it. It was it was fitting. It really is to what's going on in the world today. It was fitting, but I also really liked that um, they tackled what's considered to be the three major minorities: the Jews, the Muslims, and Black people. Those are the three main characters throughout the film. But I also like the fact that they were all kind of in it together. Like, they all had different backgrounds, they all had different ways of growing up, but they were all, they are like, we're all in it together because we're, a, to them, we all look the same. So. And they all had, like, similar upbringing, too. Like, they all grew up, that's how they know each other, is well, yeah. they were all in the yeah. same neighborhood, and it, and it's... And that also plays into the fact of, or the factor of, like, the world being against them in a way. Like, uh, but, again, like, the temptation is to get into the politics of it and to really delve into it. Um, Save that, because I want to yeah. get into that. Yeah, we'll look, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, we'll, we'll hang on to that one. What did you think, Titus? I really liked it. I think, um, not talking about the message, because we'll talk about that a little bit. I think just separately talking about, like, the technical aspects and the acting. I thought the acting was superb. Mm -hmm. I thought pretty much every actor in the movie, I mean, they genuinely felt like they were just like ripped right off the streets. Like these are the guys like that you would see walking around, you know, uh, the slums of France, you know. And I think the one of the main things that I was blown away by was the cinematography. I thought the cinematography in the movie was just perfection. I mean, the amount of like long takes that were in it, where there was just no cutting and they just kept on going. I don't even know how they pulled some of it off. I honestly was amazed by some of the cinematography that was that was in it. Yeah. I will say there there was noting on the cinematography uh, a lot of the quick uh, quick zooms or the like the quick push into subject matter. Uh, breaking of conventions every time there was like any semblance of a gun uh, represented there was 
if they if it were finger guns or somebody just said bang the screen would obviously explode with with the sound there's a lot of aspects of the new wave that we're really showing through at that or in that film and i love that like those are always like you, those are always something that you could look forward to in french in french cinema especially at that time of just things that blatantly break convention like uh like uh, mike was saying or we we were talking about it on the on the way over here um just like at like how all the characters you you know what you want to talk yeah oh how the characters are named after the actors yeah 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 the uh the characters in the movie have the same name as the actors and i was like that's kind of meta where it's like they could have literally they could have said this is a documentary and aside from the way it's shot and the way they do things without narration it could have been they could have just pulled these guys off the street and said we're going to follow you around with a camera and we're not going to interfere with your life but we're just going to watch what you do but even then even in the introduction of the film i don't know if you saw who it was like uh devoted to was everybody who died in the making of this film um and just the subject matter that it was cent centered around uh their friend Abdel being put in the hospital by the cops uh during these riots um these are all aspects that could have happened more probably happened especially in these protests like it's not far-fetched and i think one of the last one of the last images in that little montage sequence of all the riots and stuff is somebody being resuscitated uh after being like obviously you see scenes of cops beating down on people and then the next uh clip of the montage is somebody being resuscitated and then we get thrown into the movie we get the context of like that could have been a random person but then we get the context of it uh as abdel uh one of the one of the friends of the trio it was put in the hospital and is in cri critical condition we already seen that suggested with that clip and now we see it with this and just yeah. even with the uh, to all that's to, to all the people that died in the making of this film just harkens back to this all of that in culminated uh, like or all of that culminated to a documentary mm -hmm. and the way that it was shot too is just a day in the regular life um were you saying it was like slow at one point like yeah, in the beginning just the beginning it's a slow build cuz you're you're waiting right like you're being introduced to the characters but then, you know, everybody in the movie is talking about, like, oh, did you hear one of the pigs? They lost a gun last night uh, in the riot. And everyone's like, no, it's bullshit. And other guys are like, no, whoever gets that gun is the fucking man. Like, they're the guy who's going to be the man around here. Just top dog if they find that cop's gun. And they're going back and forth with that. And then, you know, you have Saeed, who's introduced by spray painting fuck the police on the side of a police van i think in front of a police station and then he's just kind of obnoxious where he's he's a thug but he's more he's the guy where like nobody takes him seriously he's like where's my money and they're like yeah i'll pay you next week and he's like but i want it now and they're like and we're gonna pay you next week like it's not he's not really seen as a threat you have vincent or vince who's as you as Marciano told me, he's like, he's just playing a thug. He's not really a thug, but he wants to be. And then you, you're introduced to Hubert, who's just in his gym that just got burned down during the riot, knowing that his friend is probably one of the people who burned it down, but he's just, he's kind of going through the motions. 
but they're building and it's just a slow build but you get to know the characters really well in that slow build until Vin says I need to show you guys something and he pulls out the gun that he found and that's that's really where the movie starts if you think about it like it begins earlier but it the plot is set in motion there that's what sets everything in motion is Vin's is like I found the gun and they're like well what are you going to do with it and it carries out from there well it almost feels like a movie without a plot in a sense like there's only it's like there's so many scenes where it's just kind of them sitting and talking at the beginning and they're just kind of they're not like doing a whole lot they're just kind of like sitting and talking and um but I think it's to show like in you know, um um, sort of them just kind of like wasting time, you know, and that's why we keep on seeing the time stamps throughout the movie and that mm-hmm. ticking sound, almost like it's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Like they're sitting around and they keep on wasting time. And the more time they waste, the more it builds and builds and builds and builds yeah. until it's going to finally just explode, you know. And so I thought that those scenes, when you first watch it, you're kind of like, what is the point of these scenes? Like, why are they just sitting around yeah. talking? It just it but really then when you finish the movie you're like, Oh, okay, it yeah. built it built, you know, it's like it built it, it up. It really is a day in the life of just these random people really. It's just a random group of friends. They could have picked anybody and then things just happen. Hmm. And they just kind of go along with it. Um I do like at the end of the movie, the very last scene where or the scene before the last scene where the skinheads are beating up Said and Hubert. And Vince comes up and puts a gun to one of their heads. And Hubert, the black character, says, There are some good cops, but the only good skinhead is a dead skinhead. And they let him go. And then he comes back later, and he's got a siren on top of his car. And I, w- I was like, oh my god, he, he was a cop. <laughs> yeah, so... It, the, the film is riddled with those kind of statements of, like, the people that are supposed to be policing your streets. Like, he, he even makes a statement, uh, Hubert makes a statement when Vince and, uh, I can't remember his name, but one of the undercover cops like that skinhead, um, he takes, or he bails out Saeed after he tries to go see Abdel. Mm. Um, there's an argument, and... The police try to stop the three from going to see Abdel, but Saeed pushes it too far and gets arrested. They get bailed out by an undercover cop that's like their friend. Yeah, but they from knew the him. Yeah, yeah, from the neighborhood. Um, but he he's making a statement like, or there there's a blatant dialogue that 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 can be applied even to now. That it's well, we're we're here to protect you, and you just give us a hard time. Well. It comes to that head where it's like fighting. There's Vincent and then him fighting over and over. You see two like ends of the spectrum. And then Hubert stays out of it for the most part. But then he throws in something that makes everybody go quiet. And he goes, well, like, uh, we're, we're trying to protect you. And then he goes, well, who protects us from you? Mm. Like, like stuff yeah. like that. Like, um, like I went on this tangent. Uh... It's just a matter of, like, you obviously you had the, these people, like, undercover. Th- that is, like, statements like that are riddled throughout the thing. But um, it's just sim- simple throw uh, throwaways or throw-ins 
that really define what what the message what, what the message is, and even like the the way that the the film is structured. Like I went on a big old tangent. Keep for, going, man. <clears throat> um, the way that the film is structured. I'm always gonna do it. You ready for it? We should we should like have like a little chime for. Oh, he's gonna start talking about language. Ding ding ding. Um, but just the way that the film is structured, like you were saying, like it's like it's a slow build. It feels like a documentary, a day in the life, and then you have this convention of well, I found the gun, and then we start getting into the like fictional or dramatized or over, like there's like an over like there's real. And then there's a clear story that they're following. Yeah, but it's yeah. like hyper realistic. Yeah, like like it's something that could genuinely happen, but everything that precedes it, it's like it happened like clockwork. Mm. And you want to argue that it's like an obvious dramatization that like everything that followed was like just got messy, like them being apprehended by the undercover cops just on a whim. Like, what were you guys doing up there? Like. They they had no reason to really grab them besides just on premise, mm-hmm. um, but just everything that followed him getting that gun or taking the gun with him, like he made a consorted decision to not leave the gun in a specific place. He took it. That only just made things spin out of control. But you can say that that's fictional or dra- like a symbolic dramatization, but it's like it can be argued, so it becomes hyper realistic. So we see like a documentary-esque narrative start to develop, but then it starts to get over real. We start to see the grit of the actual projects. Like we see natural life of the projects, like just grilling up on the, on the rooftop, mm-hmm. hanging getting out. by cops, yeah. Yeah, getting high and just hanging out. Like they don't really do anything. But then as soon as they get that, then we see the darker part of the streets. Like we see neo-Nazis, we see undercover cops that, that go after these people. And uh, we start to see the underbelly. One of the things I liked is when they go into Paris, I think, where the, like, the high end of Paris, and Saeed asks a cop, hey, where's this? And the guy, like, without even looking him up and down or judging how he looks, he's just like, oh, it's over there. And he's like, oh, thanks. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Let me know if you guys need anything else. And he keeps walking. And he says, wow, must be nice to live in this part of town, like where the cops are actually helpful. Yeah. You just showed the the massive uh, chasm between both societies. When you're in the projects, everybody's a criminal. But as soon as you go somewhere like uptown, they're assuming that maybe you've either had a rough day or you're visiting someone, but they're going to treat you like you're from uptown. Yeah. So. But even then, like he lingers on. See, and this is where we start to delve into worldview. Mm-hmm. Because, like, even then, when the, even after the cop is like, you're welcome, sir, he still looks at him. Mm-hmm. Like, he still watches him walk away. Yeah. And, and that, that also plays into, yet again, the, um, the, what I'm going to mention right now. Like, the fact that they're just hanging out in prior and then leading up to it, it's, like, just a lot of them hanging out and doing random things uh, throughout somehow trouble finds them yeah like no matter where they are somehow trouble finds them it's like the they wear the projects on their like on their sleeve um the the go ahead titus i'm sorry i'm i'm stealing it no no you're good uh uh i mean uh, i mean uh, you know i mean i i 
just feels like, uh, well, especially in Paris, when the undercover cops, you know, search them and arrest Said and Hubert. I mean, the reason that they give is like total bullshit. They're like, oh, somebody called us because we heard that you're starting shit. It's like, well, who calls? Like, but they didn't like, like the guy up there who they met earlier who was coked out. Like, he clearly didn't call, like, because he's not going to call the police. Like, so who called the police? Like, I doubt anybody did. I'm sure that, you know, so, like, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, that one cop, you know, treated them uh, nicely, like you're saying. But then I bet you he probably, like, right away was, like, giving a tip off. Like, hey, there's these guys, you know, hanging out around here that are kind of suspicious. So I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I think the movie's, also trying to say that, you know, most of the time it's like the cops who kind of start shit usually. And like, that's what ends up, you know, uh, you know, cause like when they're chilling on top of the, uh, the rooftop, they're not, they're not harming anybody. They're not really doing anything. They're just sitting up there. And of course the cop comes up and is like, no, you guys got to go back down, you know? And, and I thought that was funny too. It was almost like a representation of like they're chilling at the top you know they're at the top and then the cops like no you got to go back down where you belong you know you don't deserve to be on top up here yeah um so i you know and um and i was i I actually listened to an interview with the director and he talked about how he said something about you know if you watch like a protest and you look at the the sorry this is kind of political keep going (laughs) oh it's all good what the director himself said, and I agree with this, he was like, you know, if you watch a protest, and he was talking about the protests that were going on in Paris at the time, and he was like, if you look at the protesters and the cops, look who's starting all this shit, you know, it's the cops, you know, it's not the protesters most of the time. So I, I just thought that was interesting, and he clearly reflects that in the movie a lot of the time as well. And, like, throughout all of it it's it's all in affectation to like like who those interactions like who the interactions of the cops with these people like affect the most and there's a certain level of like i i hate to like personally i i don't want to suggest anything that isn't there or try to reach but i will say that because it's black and white we can't tell but we can blatantly tell with hubert mm-hmm. but I think it's gradients because you have Vins who's like the most pale skinned one out of them all and he's the one carrying the gun and he gets in all this trouble um, yet somehow he's able to still somewhat evade mm-hmm. until the very end like but that's that's anomalous mm-hmm. um, then you have the middle which is Saeed and he plays the role of witness but all in all when he when the when all three of them get picked up only two of them got picked up, and those are the people who are, like, the most, uh, the biggest minority out of them all. Like, yeah. well, they're the right. ones with the most color at that point. Um, and it's interesting to see that that sort of narrative play out, too. Like, you, um, like it's all in affectation. Like, you see that it's it doesn't affect Vins as much as it affected Saeed or Hubert. They had to experience something that even Vins... Even if they told him, and they don't, when he meets back up with them uh, at the bus station, they don't even address it. Because it's like, how am I going to explain this to you? You didn't have to deal with it. When they're on the bus heading back into the projects after the night's over and everything, something that I really liked, and I don't know if he did did this on purpose or it just made for an interesting shot, but you have Vins all the way on one side of the bus... 
you have Hubert all the way on the other, and then Saeed's kind of traveling in the middle, but more on one side than the other. I was like, it, it showed mm. like just the difference. Like, yeah, I'm over, glad you mentioned that because yeah. I, I noticed that throughout the movie too. That like Saeed was always in the middle, mm. right between Vince and Hubert, and Vince and Hubert were like the complete opposites, and mm. then not complete opposites, but you know they were definitely on different. Mm. You know, and then Saeed was like always right in the middle. I don't know. I, yeah. Something I liked also is uh, Hubert would talk to Vince like, why do you want to be a thug so bad? And Vince was like, well, to get respect around here. And Hubert's like, no. Like, I got out of that life. I started a boxing gym. I had respect anyway. He's like, yeah, but you were a tough guy before. He's like, yeah, I was a tough guy before, but I didn't want to be part of that anymore. I was tired of it. I was tired of worrying every day that I was going to walk down the street and someone was going to shoot me. So I stopped doing it. It's not a life you want to live. But Vince the whole time is like, oh, I'm all about respect, I'm a gangster, I'm loyal to my friends, and yet when Hubert and Saeed get picked up by the cops outside the nice apartments in Paris, Vince bails. He's like, nope, I don't know them, and he runs off. And then later on, he just kind of comes back, and it kind of, it repeats itself later when he, they find out Abdel dies when they're in like the the art museum or like the it's like a mall it's like a mall yeah. yeah where they fall asleep on the floor and they wake up and they're like where where'd he go and they go looking for Vince and it looks like he's about to shoot cops and he doesn't and they drag him uh, Hubert and Saeed drag him outside and they say if you want to go shoot that cop fuck it go shoot him but we're gone we're out we're not going to be a part of it and they leave him and Vince starts to go back inside and then he goes with them. What did you get from that? I got from that that Vin's really... He wants the prowess of being a gangster, but not necessarily the life that comes with it. He wants... Because they, they refer to it throughout the movie that he's supposed to go inside. He's either supposed to get like hard labor... Or something like that. Or he's supposed to go inside for like... Uh, I think his sentence was eight months or something. For vandalism, I think. They touch on it briefly. It's not really there throughout the whole movie. They reference it a couple times. But it's not really a central part. But he's he's all about getting respect before he goes inside. And Hubert's like, why do you want to go to prison? They're offering you just to go do some manual labor. Like, it's going to suck. But it's better than going inside. Once you go inside, your life's over. They're never going to let you forget that you went inside. But if you just do some hard labor, they're basically going to be like, all right, you did your hard labor, you're good to go. Because at the end of the day, when you're done with your hard labor, labor, you still get to go home. You don't have to go back to your cell. So he wants, he wants the streets to respect him, but what he doesn't realize is that's not a respect that you necessarily need or want. So it was it was just an interesting way to look at like Vince is throughout the whole movie this hardened thug and then when it really comes time to show that he's a hardened thug, he bails on it. He's like, "Nope, I can't do it." And he leaves. Well, uh, yeah, and then that's and then that's I think that moment when he's trying to kill that skinhead and he's trying to shoot him. I think that, you know, it makes sense why he would then give the gun to Hubert, because I think he realizes that, or Hubert, you know, he 
he realizes like, man, this, I don't think this is for me. You know, I think mm-hmm. he finally, it finally clicks in his head. He's like, uh, you know, I was like, man, like I, and you know, you can see that earlier on when he's about to shoot that cop and they're running through the tunnel and they're running from the cops. Like, I mean, it looks like Vince was going to shoot the cop, but I don't think Vince was actually going to do mm-hmm. it. I mean, the way the cop like looked at him and kind of froze and like Vince just kind of stood there. And then Hubert actually delivers the punch, yeah. you know, it shows that Hubert's, you know, he's going to take action, but Vince, you know, Vince just can't like, you know, fully follow through, you know. Yeah, he won't commit moment. to it, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to come back to that, the fact that the, in a, the <clears throat> lingering on inaction, um, but I want to come back to the, the scene where they fall asleep and Vince is off to go shoot a cop. I think that the reason they, they get so mad is they realize that they're guilty by association. And we've already seen throughout the movie the actions that have played out against the two, Saeed and Hubert. If that association does hold them guilty, they will not be subjected to the same punishment or level of punishment as Vince. Hmm. Right. Just by association, they're... And on top of that, if, if he does kill those two cops and you see th- all three of their pictures on, on the screen, who are you going to think is the shooter? Yeah. yeah. Right. We go, we go based on the gradient of color. And um, that's the thing that, that trips me out is, is like throughout the entire movie, Hubert is trying to be the mature, trying to be collect. And it's all like, again, it plays into the like overarching uh, narrative, political narrative that you have to hold yourself really accountable as, as somebody of color. Like, you really have to watch where you step. It's, it's walking on eggshells all the time. And I think that, um, like, we, we focused on Vince. I want to take it to Hubert. Um, he is the embodiment of, of maturity and, and really seeing things objectively. Like, he has... That also, like, that plays into the politics of of colored people. Like, they have to think objectively. They have to think about how to go about their day where white folk or or people, like, of less color, like, they don't have to really think about that. There's not an active thought of how I navigate this world. There's just, I just navigate it. Mm. Right. And you can see Hubert treats his, his family a lot different than... Uh, Saeed and Vince do. I mean, Saeed and Vince are like cussing out their family and stuff. But then when Hubert goes to his house, he's like, you know, kissing them and hugging them. What do you need, like, Mom? Let me talk to this guy. Let me see what yeah. I can get you. Yeah. 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 He's clearly a lot more mature, and he's 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 been through a lot. Clearly, you can just tell just by the way, like you know, he carries himself and how quiet he is. Mm-hmm. You can tell that he's been through a lot of shit and like. Uh, you know, and he's learned to live and let go, I think, you know, whereas Vince never learns to, like... Vince never know. had anything truly awful happen to him, it seems. Like, Hubert right. looks like... Hubert's you're right, sad. he looks like he's been through some shit. Yeah, Saeed looks like it. he's had to deal with harassment, whereas you look yeah. at Vince and you're like... Like, the introduction with Saeed is he's putting fuck the cops and then he's, like, kind of sneaking his way through the streets. The introduction with Hubert is he's boxing in a burnt-out gym because he's like, this is all I have. When you first see Vince, he's dancing. The very first time they show Vince, he's dancing and he's happy and he looks like a clown. 
And I think that really kind of plays into, that's who he is. He's a clown. He's a clown who's playing pretend the whole time. To him, it's a game. To them, it's life. Yeah, he doesn't take it as seriously. Yeah. He's, I mean, like, you know, I think, I mean, I definitely think he, he does, like, actually, like, not like the police, but I don't think he, he, he dislikes the police for the same reasons that Hubert and Saeed do. Like, he doesn't have that same, mm-hmm. you know, experience with the police that Saeed and Hubert have had to deal with. Vince only knows them as, like, being violent during protests, where... Saeed and Hubert, I'm sure, have had to deal with a cop just, like, randomly walking up to him being like, hey, I'm going to pat you down right now. I'm going to check you out, you know. Whereas I'm sure Vince probably has never had a cop ever do that to him. They just walk right past him and they don't care. Yeah, it was going back to the scene that you were talking about where he pulls a gun on the cop and then Hubert punches the cop. When they get away, Vince is like, man, we really fucked that guy up. And Hubert's like, we? Right. You didn't do anything. Like, you stood there. What do you mean we did this? Because yeah. he had more at stake. He had yeah. more at stake. Yeah. And it was... Um, Vince is desensitized. Like, he, like he would have... If he would have shot that cop, it would have been just as much... It would have been... A, it would have been what Hubert experiences, like, on the daily. Like, you will be hunted. You'll be put... You'll be thrown in jail. You'll come out and the entire world will constantly want you to go back to jail. Like there, the only difference is that you will have done something to deserve it. Whereas I just walked down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's like, it's weird how he, how, uh, Matthew Kasovitz, um, like plays on, like he really spreads out his characters very evenly. Um, because as much as Saeed is like the middleman, like you you don't have to you don't have to make any formal exploration of of or like you don't it's not implorative that that this is what Vince's stake is in this world and this is what Hubert's stake is in this world like whereas with Saeed he because he's the middleman he also offers that implement of Abdel one of his probably one of his own community uh is is the one is the center of all this of all the protests therefore and just a lot of what their journey is um so it is spread evenly like he is a middleman but it also like he has somebody who looks who who it like he probably came from the same neighborhood they all knew him they were all friends with him um same background and upbringing probably um that f- plays into it. That feeds into it. He's the one that got arrested because he pushed through the cop to go see him. He's, I'm gonna go see my homie. Um, this is I, I don't know. Like I just love how he. We can really focus on these characters and and sort of dissect. I I love the as like the aspect of we can do a direct dichotomy between Vince's household to Hubert's household. But notice the language too. Like the focuses of of what is important. Like you didn't go to temple. Like, but he just he practically grabs his grandmother, rises above her, and shakes her. Mm-hmm. Where there's like no touch between Hubert and his mother, except love. Yeah. yeah, and it's love, and just even how like normative 
his brother, his older brother or his younger brother, he's in jail and his mother's like, well, I need money to go pay for, to pay for his books because he wants to get his GE. Oh, in jail? Like how they throw that in there. Mm -hmm. But it's just normative. And it's just every day. And then he gives her money for the electric bill and she glances for a second. But she doesn't say anything. She doesn't ask where it's from, and then later on we see where it's from. Yeah. Like, he's dealing in something, but... Yeah. yeah, he's selling weed. He was selling weed, I think, throughout the movie. Something like that, yeah. Or it was like... Uh, like hashish yeah, or something yeah, like that, yeah. hashish or something like that, yeah. Yeah, so... He, uh, and he sees Vins and Saeed again at that little break dance. Okay, like, again, back to the, like, new wave thing. Like, I hate to just... Okay, well, we went this way, now we're just going to throw a curveball in it. But um, back into that, uh, I love that break in between that new wave. Like, all, while all this is happening, then we're going to throw in this break dancing scene. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, what did you feel about all those, like, intermittent, like... It kind of reminded me of life, like, uh, when... Not nowadays in San Francisco, because it's gotten really bad. But, uh, like, you see videos of New York or San Francisco or Boston. Like, there are people drumming on buckets and just dancing in the street. Just It's kind of like wherever they can do it, they're going to do it. And people just kind of, they'll drop money or they'll just watch. And it's just, it's kind of, um, it's almost like saying, like, it's not all bad. Like, take time to enjoy small things. Like, it's, sure, you're dancing in the subway, but you're still dancing. It's a celebration of joy most of the time. Yeah, and I also feel like those scenes, you know, they help show you, because, uh, you know, most people know, of course, you know, Paris is like a very, uh, you know, fancy, uh, uh, bourgeois kind of like place, you know, bougie sort of. And I think, like, you know, um, those scenes sort of show you a different side of Paris that maybe people don't see often enough, you know, and they don't really pay attention to, um, unfortunately. So those scenes are like breakdancing. It's like they're part of their culture, you know, it's part of their, their, their everyday lives, you know, and that's how they express themselves through their music and through their dancing. And we hear the music throughout the film, you know, it's a lot of like rap, you know, hip hop, uh, a lot of G-funk sort of stuff which fits right into that culture and that lifestyle that they live. Um, that again, you wouldn't see very often in Paris because most tourists, you know, you just go to the main part of Paris and you go to the Eiffel Tower, you go to the Louvre, you go, yeah. yeah. Um, I was really impressed by the dialogue that they used in the movie. I think that the opening scene, what stuck with me most is, um, the references that they have throughout the film. Um, the very first line is a man jumps or falls off of a skyscraper and every floor he passes on the way down, he says, so far, so good. Uh, and then Hubert says, but everyone forgets it's not about how you fall, it's about how hard you land. And it was, it was a very, it was an interesting way of putting it. It was kind of like, it's not about really the journey that's more about the destination in this case which was kind of flipping that on its head but i like the references because that's that story comes from the magnificent seven which was a remake of akira kurosawa's seven samurai right. 
and then throughout the film you have references to Taxi Driver. You know, like when he's talking to himself in the mirror as a gangster. And you have references to um, Scarface, where they have pictures of the world and it says the world is yours. And Saeed makes references all the time. He says, like, all, like movie quotes, you know, he's, like, mm-hmm. quoting movies at him, talking about how, like, badass they are or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I liked the reference to it. Like, it, it really shows that cinema is a universal language, which I thought was, it was a nice way of putting it. It was kind of, it's fun to watch a movie that, to us, is a foreign film, but if we go to France, it'd just be another film there. But... When we go to France, if like Goodfellas was playing in a theater, they'd be like, "Oh, it's a foreign film," and it really transcends language and it transcends culture, which is was really nice to see in another film. So, no, yeah, um, <clears throat> I just I I loved how like you you could see these aspects of of. Like going back to like the the point that you made, Titus. Uh, there is a there is a formal dichotomy now that I now that I look at it. When they go to the art show, when they sneak into the art show, and everybody's bougie, and they're, all they're there for is to like pick up chicks. And then you have um, like there's always some other circumstance happening around like a, a center of culture. Obviously, with the narrative, especially. Like Hubert is doing his doing his deals to get get money for those books, and then you have uh, Said and Hubert trying to pick up chicks amidst this cultural uh, gathering. Mm. And then you see the difference, though. Too like uh, I think the more uppity that culture gets, you 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 start to like. They were. Even to, to the people that that were in attendance, there was like a distance and there's clicks and there's almost a, a sudden rebuke. Like rebuke is default. Mm-hmm. Whereas Vince walks in and somebody offers them like a, a hit of a, a hit of the spliff. Like and they all just they're all just there hanging out. So there's a nece- there's a necessity of like people having it's almost survival that people know each other and are able to be communal with one with one another in the projects whereas like in bourgeois it's more individualistic and you're on your own so in a way like culturally it's more cutthroat whereas you get into the projects where it's actually freaking cutthroat and i I love that aspect like i want to see uh another film like that that addresses like how cutthroat noble people can be as opposed to we, we've you seen. You ever read Shakespeare? Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. Well, sort of going back to that, that communal thing, and Hubert as well. Um, one of my favorite scenes that doesn't have any like dialogue in it really is that scene where that DJ is playing music through the window, and Hubert is just like smoking a you know joint, um, and you know the all the camera does is it just pans around like a playground. It's like a mix of kids from all different backgrounds, you know, Arab kids, African-American kids, and it's like peaceful, you know, nothing's going on, there's no violence, everything's just calm, and then you have that tracking shot where it just like looms out over and just like keeps on tracking and tracking, and like it's one of those few moments in the film where you feel like at ease, you're just kind of like, you're just kind of yeah. like peaceful, and, and you also notice 
that the very next scene it cuts to Vince and Saeed and then immediately like the piece is broken and it's like right back to like kind of on edge and so I just thought that was that was really cool because it shows like I mean most of the time when you just leave you know leave the people alone like they get along fine you know mm-hmm. it's like they'll, they'll do their thing and they get along and and you know it's when you throw in these uh barriers yeah and also like you know uh environmental like aspects and you throw in these other things is that's when you break that peace and that they have you know i thought i thought that was probably one of the most like beautiful scenes in the film that really illustrated i really liked the end of the film the very last part where vin's hands who bear the gun basically saying like you were right i was wrong you can get rid of it you can do whatever you want with it and as he's walking away the skinhead who ends up being a cop grabs him puts a gun to his head and is toying with him where he's like you're not so tough without your friends and without a gun and it almost seems as if it's by accident like i couldn't tell if it was on purpose or accident because he seemed he seemed just as surprised that the gun went off but he shoots vins in the head right and it's just, it's kind of a shattering moment where you're like, oh shit. Because you, kind of, you kind of thought like by the end of the movie, you're like, okay, things are going to go back to the way they were. And, and the director and the writer were probably like, no, 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 no. There's consequences for what you do. There's mm-hmm. always going to be consequences. And then Hubert, who's been trying to stay out of it the whole time, is like, okay. And he pulls his own gun out and it ends with them pointing guns at each other. Would would you say that I I did make a point earlier, and I never followed it up. This is a good time to bring it up. Uh, would you say that Hubert's inaction was like a brief lapse between like what was going to happen inevitably? I think environmentally and just politically, like I think it's expected of of people of color to like trouble will find them and they are going like even even rappers always make note of it it's like i like it's it, it's just this fatal inescapability of i didn't choose the thug life the thug life chose me and it's just there's it's just this rapid or this this reoccurring uh, cycle like that shit was supposed to happen like hubert chose an action to this point he tried to be mature and stay out of it, but it's just always going to end that way. I think his inaction was more due to survival. He went through some shit and he realized, if I'm going to survive, if I'm going to get out of this life, I need to just stay out of it. Because that's one of the, it's the easiest way to survive. Is your People will say, like, especially when it comes to people of different color, people of different race, you know, like, oh, you're an Uncle Tom, or oh, you're a pussy, oh, you don't want to do this because, you know, you're working for the man, or whatever. And Vince constantly and, gives him a reprimand Vince for that. Vince constantly gives him a reprimand, and I think that what people forget is Hubert is black, which means anything he does, no matter how slight, they're going to throw the book at him. He's going to get the heaviest sentence that probably doesn't even concur with the crime. Like... He could have stolen a piece of candy from the store, and they'd have been like, oh, you stole a piece of candy? Yeah, but you're black. Here's 20 years to life. 
because you also probably had a gun on you or you had this or you had like it's not as it's not as black and white as that he lives in a gray world where he's like look the fact of the matter is is no matter what i do i will always be stepping on eggshells i could get out of here and i could be a lawyer and i'd still have to basically keep my head down as i walk through the streets because i'm black so I think that his inaction was due to the fact that he was like, this is how I survive. And then the only reason he takes action at the end is because he was like, okay, you just shot my friend. I know that because you're a cop and because of what I've seen, there's probably going to be no consequences for you. And he was just tired of it. He was like, okay, if this is how I die and this is how it ends, maybe it'll send the message like, yes, I died too. But we're no longer putting up with the fact that you can just shoot somebody when you have a badge and walk away. So that, like, that plays into what's happening right now. It, like, we don't have to answer it. And I, <clears throat> I, I'm not, personally, I'm not going to take the presumptuous position of, of wanting to answer the question. But wouldn't you say that that's, that's the question now? Is, like... At this point, what did you think was going to happen? Like, like, there's going to be no consequence. So, or you shot my friend, there's going to be no consequence. I know it. And if I attack you in any way, I'm going to get even worse. So at this point, there is a certain level of absolution. So wouldn't you say that that was a perfect illustration of that reoccurring cycle of or just that reoccurring like call to action. Mm -hmm. There is yeah, a, there is a definite call to action. Yeah, call to action definitely. You know, yeah, that repeating cycle. You know, I think because I mean, unfortunately, this movie you know is still just as prevalent you know in 1995 as it is now. I mean, the same shit just keeps on happening, and it's that same cycle that keeps on repeating itself of, of violence and and. Um, I know you were talking earlier about the quote of the skyscraper, the goal, the guy falling from the skyscraper that they repeat at the beginning and the end of the movie, and actually at the middle too, mm -hmm. when they're sitting on the top of the of the roof, the yeah, tape, uh, yeah, the building, and um, and for me, uh, I know that the main interpretation of that would be the um, would be almost the plot of the movie, I guess, like that sort of plot of the movies that like he keeps on following and. But I also see that quote representing, like, that, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when we fall, it's all about how we sort of change, you know, mm. rather than just keep on being like, yeah, we're fine, we're fine, whatever, you know, rather instead of just keep on accepting, like, that's just the way it is, we instead take action and make change, because, again, otherwise, we're just going to have the same shit keep on happening over and over again. No, I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I extrapolated from the quote as well. It like applying to like this cycle just repeating itself, you know. I don't know. But, yeah. Did you guys look up what Lahine means? It's the hate. the hate. Yeah, the hate. The hate. And I, I was like, that's an apt title for this film because it's just full of hate on both sides. On both sides, yeah. Yeah. And I will say that like through conversations like i think the ones that are the most highlighted are just uh, like absolute dichotomies between vince and the cop the neighborhood cop and then vince and huber and then um just 
I think a rookie cop at the entrance, like at the start of his journey to being a undercover cop as well, witnessing the interrogation and how it's going down from the other two cops that are seasoned and know how to torture people. Um, yeah. Like they keep recalling to him, like, this is how you do it. Okay. You got it. You got it. And they're just like, and he's just taking it and accepting it. It's just this perpetuation of these conversations that like literally have no end. And there always is a, there always is an end to the conversation. It's just, again, there are positions like that we can take, or there are measures that we can take to stop what's happening. But for some reason, we keep coming back to those conversations. Even throughout the movie, we keep coming back to uh, Hubert always having to like cull uh, Vins back in from off the ledge. Mm-hmm. All these different things. Um, I think that's the like I had to throw that one in. Like the the cops. This is this is where I start to get political. Like because again, we we come back to we can or. There needs to be a change. There needs to be a change. Like, instead of so far, so good, so far, so good. It's how we land that makes all the difference. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the movie being titled The Hate, there is a way to cull it all. There is a way to bring calm to it all. And there, like that is to realize, like, everybody's stake in the position like there's just a certain level of understanding that's necessary or just introspection um and just a, like even just put a formal stop on like like positions like the undercover cop like just choking choking out two people that are tied and two people of color that are tied down and then teaching somebody else to do the same fucking thing there is a formal position to stop i like Right, because if that rookie cop had, you know, stood up and said something, then maybe that situation would have gone a whole different way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, the, you know, since that cop, all he does is just sit there and just take it and, you know, just accepts that, oh, uh, this is just the way it is, you know, then all you do is, you know, you just keep on perpetuating the same cycle um, and the same violence that has been perpetuated um, throughout. I mean, and I think you could tell on the cop's face, too, he doesn't seem to be enjoying it either. Like, he kind of, he looks, like, kind of disturbed by it. You know, because he's not taking, you know, he's not, like, joining in or anything. He's just kind of sitting there just He looks disturbed it. by it, and even, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a really powerful scene in that movie, too. That, that I think perfectly encapsulates one of the main problems with the police system. It's just that sort of acceptance that, like, yeah, it's just the way it is, you know? You just, you gotta be violent sometimes. It's like, no, no, you don't. That's not always the answer to every issue is violence. You know, you know what the uh, the ending of the movie kind of reminded me of? Have you seen Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing? Yeah. There's this scene in it where they're they're all rioting outside of the pizza place. You know, they were like, we just, all they wanted to do was come in and get a slice, and then they started accusing of being racist. And Mookie is standing there, and he's watching all this go down, and he just picks up a trash can and throws it through the window. And it kind of reminded me of Hubert at the end of Lahine, where he pulls a gun out and puts it to the skinhead's head, and like they're just pointing guns at each other. 
it was almost of kind of like, if I don't do it, it's going to be someone else, so it might as well be me. Well, and Spike Lee was clearly a pretty big influence on the director, especially with those zoom-in shots, you know? Like, that's the very Spike Lee... Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the filming style. Mm. Which makes sense. I mean, the subject matter of the movie is very political, just like Spike Lee's movies are typically. Mm. You know, you can definitely see those those influences run throughout both th- uh, throughout the movie. Sure. Um, what was your favorite part of the movie, though? Like, if you had to pick a scene that was really just stuck with you throughout the whole thing, what would it be? If not the end, because the way that that played out gave me, like, I physically had to get out of my seat. I I couldn't breathe. (laughs) Like, I held my breath for all of it. Um, I think, I think the scene, it wasn't my favorite because to say it was my favorite is like, like masochistic, or, or I'm sorry, not masochistic, sadist. I, I would be a sadist if I if I admitted formally that the, that that part was most moving. But honestly, the the way that it played out, the language that played out when um, when they were interrogating, I think that was like where he where he minced no words in stating how he felt about police, especially ones that, like, like, it made me question the most, like, it made me ask questions the most. Like, is he disturbed? But he's letting it go. He's shaking his head. I'm seeing that he's disturbed by this. He's shaking his head at all this. But is he shaking his head at the guys tied to the chair for acting the way they're, they're acting? Don't resist. Don't, as soon as uh, Hugh Bear start, don't touch him, don't. Don't resist. Mm-hmm. But, like, is he shaking his head at them, or is he shaking his head at that? Our, our humanity would suppose that he's shaking his head at the cops that are doing this to these people. And then he's, but because of his inaction, he's just, he's just as in the wrong. Mm-hmm. So there is no minced words of that. The thing that made me, it, it just also brought up a lot of questions about the movie itself, was why are these people dressed in average day clothes? Like genuinely, I like I understand it's maybe to make us feel like like, especially like they they look. I like for lack of a better word, they look hood. Like like they're dressed in the baggy clothes. They're, they're like they try to associate themselves as much with with the uh, disparaged part of town. They hired people from that part of town as well. Uh, obviously, because one of the friends bails them out constantly. And he's always getting shit from the local people. Like, you betrayed us. Like, he's one of the first guys up on the roof trying to quell everything between the cops and the crowd, even though he is a cop. And they're calling him, like, a clown. Like, he gets no respect for it. But it's like, ultimately, though, why Like, why are they dressed in every, everyday clothes? Was it to make the statement that, like, just because they dress like you or they may seem like you, they are different? Like, this guy is different now because he witnessed all this happening and he chose to put humanity on the back burner for the sake of position. Like, that part is the thing that made me, or is where a lot of my thought hinged upon. So that is my favorite part. What about you? I'm sorry. Um, my favorite part of the movie... That's difficult because I really, I really did enjoy this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. I knew I was going to like it, 
but I was very much on the fence when I read it, read about it, and started watching it. I was like, this is going to be a very, very dark film. There's going to be a lot of really bad shit that happens in it. And then I was kind of surprised because I was like, wow, this is... I don't know if that's just modern cinema kind of invading on how non-passive it kind of felt. It kind of felt like... Um, which I think is more commentary on society than the film. It was like, yeah, this seems like what would happen. Like, it was... It seemed natural, which is sad, really. The events of the film seemed natural. It seemed like how things would play out. But I think... The scene I really enjoyed was Hubert's introduction, where he's just alone in this burned-down gym, punching a bag. And they, they introduce him as like, oh, he was the next heavyweight, he was the next featherweight champion, he was the next guy who was going to be big, he was going to get out of here, he had a way to leave. And Vince goes off to punch the bag and Saeed says something to Hubert like what do you what do you are you going to rebuild the gym you know Vince and I can help you out and Hubert's like what are you talking about Vince is probably the guy who set fire to the place to begin with like he probably burned it down himself but he's just passive about it cuz he's it's almost like there's an understanding there where he's like I understand why people are doing what they're doing but I was also part of this community and it didn't make sense as to why they burned down my gym. And I think that says a lot about, you know, rioting and looting at times where they don't go after stores that are in corporate or anything. They go after the mom and pop shops, which doesn't make sense because it's part of that community when they riot. So I think that that was a, an important scene throughout the movie that I kept referencing back to because it was because of how composed Hubert is throughout the film. Even when he's getting interrogated, he's not worried about himself. Like they're messing with Saeed and he's like, hey, don't touch him. Don't touch him. Leave him alone. And they're like, oh, you're fighting. Like you're resisting. Stop resisting. And he he's protective throughout the whole film, but he's inclusive in his community. And you can see it. People love him. People respect him. And he's, he just seems like a, an all-around genuinely good person. And you're like, he lost so much in that riot, even though he didn't participate. But yet people still love and respect him, and he shows that same love to his community. Yeah. So. <clears throat> uh, I mean, you know, I talked about it before. I, I would definitely have to say that my favorite sequence in the film would be that scene in the, in the neighborhood... Um, when the DJ's playing the music and Hubert's sitting there, just because, again, for me, it just encapsulates the main message of the, or, you know, one of the main aspects of the film, just that, you know, it's not, it's it's more the, you know, the people themselves aren't, you know, um, violent, it's just the environment that they're, they're forced to live in, um, you know, when they're just, you know, when they're just left to, like, live their lives and, you know, flourish, you know, it's, it's great, it's peaceful, you know, and, and uh, again, you know, with that tracking shot when it was going out of the building, that, that tracking shot, for, or, like, that, that shot when it just goes out of the building, I don't know why, but it's just, like, imprints it in my brain, like, I don't know, I can't, I just can't get it out of my head, just, there's something about it, the way that it was done that really, uh, really stuck with me, and, um, yeah, I think that that whole entire scene was really, was really powerful. Again, you know, and I love that you know there was not a single word spoken throughout it. It was just you know, 
It was all it was all shown through just camera movements mm-hmm. and showing people, and then you know that, that, that's all it took, you know. Um, so yeah, I definitely say that that scene really stuck with me. Uh, sure. Well, that was a good film choice. Good job, really. That Thanks. was yeah. Thank you very much. Very good. Very I, good. I really yeah. enjoyed watching that. I was so much and so that I watched it again, and I was like, this was very very good. Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting, you know, the last moment of the film, you know, Michael, you're talking about it, and so you're talking about the writer and the director, you know, um, I, I guess uh, the director, you know, he wrote it, and he actually wrote that last part first, that was the first part that he wrote, he wrote that scene where Vince gets shot in the head, and basically he wrote that scene, and then he was like, so how am I going to build up to that, you know, like, what, what's, how am I going to build up to that scene? Which very, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, the way that that movie, the way the movie builds up to that final scene, it does really feel like that that one last scene is really what he wants you to remember. He yeah. wants you to remember that scene, you know. And yeah. He wants you to plant it in your head. And I thought that that was really cool that he he just had so much. He already had that like laid out right off the bat. Yeah. It's like this but is how it's gonna end, but let's see how it unfolds. That was that's really impressive. That's impressive writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with that, um, what, what's, what's the follow-up, fellas? What's oh, what's the follow-up? Okay, I gave it some thought, and I was trying to, I was trying to think of a movie, uh, you know, that was just kind of a popcorn film that was enjoyable, and then I watched Lahaina, and I went, well, this is very controversial. So I really want to harken back to the namesake of the podcast, and I'm going to say Citizen Kane is the next watch because oh, there was yeah. not, there was no more controversial character than Charles Foster Kane. He's a very controversial character. The whole movie is a controversy in and of itself, and I'm like, that's perfect. Yep. So that's fair. Citizen Kane is the next watch. So do so we're just gonna keep on trying to one up each other. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what's the but, next word? Like, what's the next most effed up movie we could watch? Yeah. Let's see. But so man bites dog. But <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait. Yeah, let's just jump right to. <laughs> we got to build to that. That's that's yeah. that's the season finale. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just but, like behind, you know, you gotta build it up. You yeah. gotta build it up. To I mean, I I do think that it was awesome that we went from like a uh, Hollywood film to Baby Driver, and then you're like, let's watch the High, and we watched that, and we were like, oh my god, what a departure. <laughs> it's lovely. No, but I like that for that exact reason. Yeah. Very much a, a switch up, which I I love, and I love, of course, always you know watching a movie for the first time. That's always a fun experience. But yeah, Citizen Kane is our next watch, gentlemen. That's that's an important film for everybody. Yeah. Whether you're in film or not, it's important to watch. It's called the best film of all time for a reason. So, oh yeah, <laughs> all right. Some damn good shots in that movie. Yes, sir. It is a cornerstone for sure, and I can't. I can't wait to follow this up with it. Um, yes, sir. Uh, can I take you? You got to take it away. You got to be. You got to be the last say. <laughs> well, as always, I've been Michael Luciano. And I've been Marciano Zapian. And thank you all for joining us for the fourth installment of The Sled. Uh, 
this was probably my favorite episode we've done so far. I really enjoyed this film. And I can't wait to talk about Citizen Kane next week. So for all our listeners out there, thank you for your support. And have a good night.